Some people have it, and some people don't. Some teams have it, some teams don't. Some companies, some businesses, some universities, some hospitals, some churches have it, and others don't. So what is it? What is it? It is hard to describe. It is hard to explain. It is hard to put your finger on it. It is difficult to understand. Some people say it happens. I suppose it does. But can you proactively make it happen? Can you proactively get it? And once you have it, do you always have it or can you lose it? Or do you need to protect it and hang on to it for dear life? Just what is it? I want to talk about it tonight. This afternoon, I should say. I want to talk about it, perhaps the most important it that ever has been. It is the first word of a three-word sentence that might perhaps be the most important sentence ever spoken. Why? Because, well, Jesus said it. He said it is finished. And it is why we're here today. And it I can most certainly talk with you about. But let's go back a little bit prior to this moment when Jesus says, it is finished. Let's go back to the beginning of his public ministry. Of course, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. We know that. We know that Joseph and Mary whisked him away from there to Egypt for fear of the evil king Herod. We know that when they believed it was safe to go back home, they did, but it wasn't safe to go where they were, so they ended up settling up north in Galilee in the town of Nazareth, which is where Jesus grew up. The Bible says that in Nazareth, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. But when it was the right time, the Father said, it's time. And of all things, to begin Jesus' public ministry, where does he take him? By his spirit, he leads Jesus out into the wilderness, into the desert. And for 40 days, he does not eat or drink. And at the end of 40 days, the enemy comes with all of his temptations. It's interesting what Jesus said to him three times. Another three-word sentence that starts with it. It, he said, is written. He was speaking of the Word of God. Jesus lived on the Word of God. The Word of God for Jesus is what it is and can be for us. It, the Word of God, is power against the onslaught of the enemy. It is truth to do away with all of the lies of hell. It is our defense against all temptations. It, the Word of God, 
brings light into every place of darkness. Jesus loved the word of God. In fact, he said it is written to the enemy that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. The word of God. Jesus embodied it from the beginning, remember? The Apostle John said it this way, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And now on this Friday that we call good, this living Word of God completes the work of God and does it by dying on a cross. It is finished, Jesus says, to declare for all time and eternity the good news that the work of salvation, the work of God's epic love story for humankind is accomplished and fulfilled in the work of Jesus on the cross. It is finished. I'm of the mind to believe that of all the people that heard these three words of Jesus, they pretty much all agreed. But I don't think they understood. I think the Romans would have said, you're right, it's finished. One more in a long line of revolutionaries who pop up trying to get power from, you know, Rome. One more. But, you know, when that Roman soldier pierced Jesus' side and water and blood flowed out, I think they agreed, you're right, it's finished, you're over, you're done with. Maybe that's the way the Jewish leaders were thinking as well. This rebel, this blasphemer who makes these ridiculous claims to be the Son of God, well, he's dead now, it's finished, it's done. Even the disciples may have misunderstood, but agreed with Jesus. It is finished with grief in their hearts, with horror that the one they love, their teacher, their Lord, their master, their rabbi, their savior is now dead, crucified, dead and buried, all their dreams gone. Even the disciples might have thought, yeah, it's finished. And there's one other despicable group laughing and jeering over the fact that Jesus was dead. You can see, can't you, Satan and all of his evil minions strutting in haughty pride that Jesus was done. You may recall that scene at the end of Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion of Christ, gets at this with that figure of Satan howling in demonic joy at evil's greatest triumph that it was finished. But Jesus said, it is finished. (laughs) It, the work of God, is finished. I'm not. Jesus was just getting started. And we know that that tomb that he borrowed for three days would be empty very, very soon. When Jesus said, it is finished, maybe a better way of thinking about it is to picture someone like Michelangelo doing the, the great 
statue of David. Historians tell us that Michelangelo worked on that piece of marble continually for two years. Can you imagine on the last day, the last piece a little chiseled off and polished up, and he stands back and says, well, man, that's all I got. I mean, that's the best I can do. It's accomplished. It's finished. I'm done. Or maybe Leonardo da Vinci felt that way with the Mona Lisa, or maybe in a more trivial way, but a way that we can all understand. Maybe it's that feeling that you have when you're watching your team at the very end of the season in the championship game, and the seconds tick off the clock and it hits zero, and your team's ahead, and they have accomplished it. I will never forget. I don't think I will. Why should I? After 52 years of waiting for a Cleveland sports team to win a championship in 2016 when Kyrie Irving made that shot and then the seconds tick off the clock and we had won, it was finished. It was accomplished. Everything they set out to do was done in a way beyond anything. Jesus says, it is finished. The work of salvation Jesus was not lifting up his hands in despair, saying, it's finished. His hands were lifted up, you may recall, nailed into that cross where Jesus willingly, out of obedience to his Father and his indescribable love for you and me and all this world, had completed what God had sent him to do. It is finished. He had paid it all. And maybe that's the last thing to say about this three-word sentence, it is finished, because actually in the original, I'm reminding some of you and telling others of you for the first time, in the Aramaic language, that was just one word. It was the word tetelestai. It meant, literally, it is finished. But interestingly, that was a word that was used on receipts, on bills that were owed. And when you had finally paid the last bit of a bill that you owed, do you know the word that was stamped on that bill? Tetelestai. It is finished. It is paid in full. Isn't it interesting that Jesus' public ministry on earth is bookended with these two, three-word sentences? It is written, the Word of God, it is finished, the work of God. And so I return to the very first thing that I said. Some people have it, some people don't. In this matter of it, it's a difference between life and death, isn't it? Do you have it? Do you not have it? Do you have salvation, the work that Jesus accomplished for you? Do you not have it? Because if you don't have it, you're dead. You're hopeless. You have no future. 
without it. But with it, you have the certainty of life forever, now, and forever with Jesus. And you can't work at it. You can't earn it. You can't accomplish it. You can't do what you need to do in order to get it. But can it be yours? Is it yours? Oh, you better believe it. Because Jesus gives it to us as a gift and says, receive it. Take it. It's just as simple as if... Let me do this. Let's pretend. Let's pretend that I just... And I've never bought a lotto ticket in my life, just so you know. Not that if you have, whatever. You just need to know I never have. I have made wagers on golf games, but... But if I were to have bought a lotto ticket and won a billion dollars, let's just pretend that just happened. You don't know this yet. Do you know how easy it would be for me to give every single one of you $100,000... That'd be fun, right? Should you want to form a line and I've got the checks. Oh, okay, that's right, we're pretending. Just imagine, though, if what I was saying was true. And everyone that was here today at King of Kings walked away with a $100,000 check. My hunch is that your life might be a little different. My hunch is that there would be some things that would happen Mostly good, some maybe not even so good, but things would happen. My hunch is you would never forget that. My hunch is that some of you would want to find a way to try to say thank you. But the worst thing possible is if you sat there and listened to me and thought, That's, that can't be true. Uh-uh, nah, I don't believe that. I'm just going to walk away. And the gift was there for you the whole time and you never had it. Now, do you understand what I'm saying? We receive the gift of salvation as a gift. It's like you reaching out your hands and taking that $100,000 check. You take it and make it yours. Deposit it into your account and into your life. That gift that was given to you becomes yours. This is what faith is. Faith is the hand that receives the gift of God. Some have it, some don't. Do you? May I pray? Jesus, thank you for... We, we don't have the words. We, we don't have the words to, to thank you. It's hard to even try. If it's hard to explain what it is, it's even harder to voice our gratefulness and thankfulness to you for all that you have done for us. So, as difficult as it is to put that into words, we're trying to now, even with our hearts, to say, Lord, thank you. I thank you, Lord, for the blessings that you've given to me in this life. They are so many. I thank you for the, li- the life that you've given to me now and the life that is to come. 
the life after death and the life after life after death, when you come and restore all things and bring heaven to earth. Lord, I look forward to that day. I look forward to it with certainty because I have it, because you gave it to me. Thank you for the work that you did on the cross, giving your very life, that I and all who have received it by faith have now and forever. And Lord, if there's anyone listening now here or on our live stream, I pray that they would receive it, that they might hold out their hands of faith to say, Jesus, I may not understand what all of this means right now, but I want to receive that gift from you. I confess you with my mouth and believe in my heart that you rose from the dead, you died and rose from the dead for me. Show me all that that means in my life and let me live it out to the fullest extent, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.